Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio. I'm your host, Adam Wright, along with Justin Tucker. Now, we are on to week five action, and I've got to say, this this season is absolutely flown by. I mean, it, we're going into week six, and it it feels like the season just started a few, like maybe a week ago. I mean, it's been absolutely insane. Anyways, Justin is back. So, yes, Justin, he he's feels like it's been a million years since we've had you on, man. I'm, I'm missing. I'm happy to be back. Sorry I missed it, but school calls. Exactly. Exactly. We were fortunate enough to have CJ to back you up. And CJ did a pretty solid job, but, I mean, it's just not the same without our Justin. Our, our Justin, I appreciate. Yes. I appreciate the affection, Adam. All right, but anyways, we have a lot that went on in this last week, a lot to cover, so we'll get into it. Um, the Ravens had another pulled off another thriller victory. What else is new there? Uh, Stephon Gilmore was traded. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of teams that we're going to be looking at on whether or not they are for real or not for another week in a row. Uh, John Gruden it was caught in a huge controversy. He resigned over that. A lot of different stuff, but we'll start with the Ravens anyways. And so on Monday Night Football, they fall behind 25 to 9 at one point. And Justin, I'll let you summarize the rest of the game from then on. Oh, man. Unfortunately, I do not have a Lamar Jackson jersey. I wish I did. I wish I did. But um, but fortunately for me, I do have a Ravens shirt. Let's go. Oh, man. A night when we're inducting a Ravens legend into the Ring of Honor. Hello, Ninata. Congratulations. Missed you so much. And to be honest, we needed you Monday night the way my defense was playing. But we'll get to it in a good sec, in a little bit. The crowd was fired up. The Ravens were getting ready. Okay, here we go. First, the first offensive series didn't start off too well, but I'm like, all right, they're just trying to get the feel of a game. For 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 I think it was like four passes. Uh, nothing happens. They punt the ball off. The defense gets on the field. I'm like, okay. Third and fifteen. Here we come. Here we go. They they'll punt the ball. For, make it like fourth and ten, fourth and five. They'll punt it. Give it back to the offense so they can score. Third and fifteen. They hit Jonathan Taylor for a screen pass, and he takes it all the way to the house. That's not how you want to start off the game. And then Lamar Jackson in the offense comes out, another three and out, punts the ball away, gives it back to the Colts offense. They marching down the field, marching, marching. Then all of a sudden, my future defensive rookie of the year in Adafi away comes in, comes in and sacks Carson Wentz, forces a fumble, and the Ravens recover. Uh, and then... From there, the Ravens start to move it a little bit, but again, another three and out. Then, if I remember correctly, the Colts, for some reason, decided, let's pick on Anthony Everett, because for some reason, he can't stop a comeback. 
just couldn't stop Paris Campbell all night and Michael Pittman. They just bullied him all night. And so they just kept marching down the field, marching down the field. And then towards the end of the first half, they managed to get a field goal, even though, to be honest, they shouldn't have got it. But Marlon Humphrey jumped offside. So at the end of the half, 10-3, okay, no harm, no foul. The end of the half, the Colts get the ball back. Touchdown, Michael Pittman. And then mm-hmm. it turns bad to worse. Lamar Jackson, goal line, fumbles, and then the Colts pick it up and almost returned it for a touchdown. It should have been a touchdown, but it got cold because they thought it was an illegal pass. But they did eventually manage to score. That pissed me off. We were down 22-3 to at one point in time. I'm thinking, oh, boy, here we go again. And Lamar Jackson said, not tonight. Not tonight. Not this occasion. Not any occasion. My man showed up, and not in a courty way. He woke up feeling dangerous in that second half. Oh, my goodness. He threw for over 300 yards in the, in the second half in overtime. Four touchdowns. Zero interceptions. And had a QBR of, like, 149 in the second half. Lamar Jackson was that dude in the second half. 25-9. to nine. They were down at one point. 25 yeah. to nine. Now I'm missing uh, the time in the game when they when they finally scored, but <clears throat> I mean when you go Lane into when when you're that I'm pretty sure it was the 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 fourth quarter wasn't it? But I when you go it. that deep in the game and you're down that much, usually that means it's a loss. I and know. And to my surprise, Lamar Jackson, when he had to throw the ball, when he was forced to throw the ball, did not disappoint. And he, the, the stat line he put up, four, 450 yards and four touchdown passes, that's the type of st- stat line you would see Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron mm. Rodgers putting. Yep. No, that was Lamar Jackson, Doing. the so-called alleged running back. Playing quarterback. Who did it? It was incredible. But anyways, so follow-up question, Justin. They've won a lot of games in this fashion where they're kind of coming from behind. It's a back-and-forth game, and they're just barely pulling them out. Do you think this style of play is sustainable? As far as what, coming from behind? Yes, or coming from behind, close game. You know, winning it in crazy fashion. Do you think do you think this style is sustainable for winning football games? Well, eventually you have to learn how to come back from behind because you're not always going to have the lead in your hands. And that's something that the 2019 Ravens had to learn. We got a little bit a piece of going through that adversity in 2020 when we had to come from from multiple point deficits. And so this year it's becoming more and more apparent that Lamar Jackson can and will come back from a deficit if you give him time to do it. And it was even more, it was never so more prevalent than Monday night. Down 19 points at one half, at one point in time, and he comes back and finishes the deal. And to be honest, he kind of deserves to be in the MVP conversation. I'm not sure where he ranks in that, but I think he deserves to at least be in the conversation. I think he has about eight touchdown passes to three interceptions and he has about 1500 
receive uh, passing yards at the, to this point. Yeah. And that doesn't that that's just passing stats. So maybe he maybe he does deserve to. The the issue is there's so many players who are in the the MVP discussion who have these inflated passing stats to this point in the season, namely Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert. Those players they have it just so much better than Lamar Jackson st- uh, stats wise, and I don't think it's. I just think he's going to be buried for the rest for the whole season. He'll have a good statistical year, but uh, not, so I wouldn't even say the stat wise because if you look at his total stats, it's more than like half more than half the NFL teams, and he's top five in passing and he's top eight in rushing. So when I look I at it like that, it's like all right. I'm not saying he'll win it, but at least he has an argument. And if his team yeah. keeps winning, he'll be in the conversation, which is all I, I agree. Have. So the thing with this team is I'm glad they're able to this this shows that they're battle tested. They're able to 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 they can take a punch. Mm-hmm. You know, they fa- they've faced all this adversity early on in the year and they've survived. They're now four and one. But what I what I do want to see, what I do want to see is them to ab- to absolutely come out there and just blow a team out. We haven't really seen that yet. Denver that happened once with Denver doesn't count. We both we both have that team as a has as a pretender this year. You mean the three and zero Denver Broncos? Three and one Denver Broncos, thanks to your. Uh, They're three and two now. Oh well, yeah, yeah, three and three and two. You see see what I mean? They so they started three and zero. They went zero and two. They've gone zero and two since then. I don't believe in that team. So they have team games against Los Angeles, Cincinnati. <coughs> excuse me, Minnesota. Yeah. I want to see them blow out one of those teams if they're going to show that they're that they can compete with everyone in this league. I'm not sure if any – I think the closest one you might get to is Minnesota. I, didn't, I don't know how you've done it, but you've convinced me about Cincinnati. I think you've got me to turn around about Cincinnati right now. They're playing I better. I told you that Cincinnati expected. team is good. Their line I is I told you that Cincinnati team is good. That team is good. But anyways, all right. So the Carolina Panthers – have picked up a, a solid, a big piece to their secondary. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, who is going to be released by the New England Patriots, he is going to, he is now a Panther. Uh, we'll discuss this more in depth next. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. We are talking about some week five action that just happened, and we're going into week six, and no, there's no team that is preparing more for this for the future in this season than the Carolina Panthers after they just added former defensive player of the year Stefan Gilmore and so they traded a sixth round pick now he's on the PUP list and he's not eligible to return until at least at least week seven and so they said and uh, so their GM did say that they expect him to be back. But, uh, Justin, you have any thoughts on this trade? That defense went from good to scary just like that by adding Stephon Gilmore. Because I thought they were going to be okay to goodest once J.C. Horn went down because that was their first-round pick. So I thought they were a little lacking in corner. 
Now that they just got this former defensive player of the year, I don't think they're lacking anywhere. The front seven is solid with Derrick Brown, Morgan Fox, and Brian Burns, and Shaq, Tom, uh, Shaq Thompson in, in the linebacking core. Their secondary is now scary. They have C.J. Henderson, Dante Jackson, Stephon Gilmore, Jeremy Chin, and if he was healthy, J.C. Horn. And if they keep Stephon Gilmore for years to come, that secondary will be very scary, and it might be the most talented secondary in the league. This is a young and hungry defense. And they were before they went up against Dallas and they gave up that like 200-plus yard performance, they were on pace to break the 2000 Ravens record for most for less rushing yards in the season. And they were going to do it by less than like over 200 yards. That's pretty impressive. So I think this pickup is going to help them in the long run, not short term, because J.C. Horn is an healthy. Yep. But I think it's a good pickup for them, a very good pickup for them. Yeah, so they made a good secondary even greater. Now this is now this is a secondary that was that already looked great. They were last year they were holding teams to minimal passing yards and passing touchdowns all year. And now you add then I mean you added JC Horn to the mix. That didn't work because his his you know his his foot broke. Mm-hmm. So that got got that went off on the wrong foot. <laughs> and well, I you like that? Get there. Yeah, I like that. So they they bring in Stefan Gilmore. I like it. The only issue with Gilmore is I question whether or not he will be the same player that he has been. He probably won't, but he could at least be somewhere along. He could at least be a productive player for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this – yeah, this is a team that's definitely going all in to try and to try and compete for to, uh, maybe a championship at some point. I mean, <clears throat> I'm not sure if they are at that point now, and I'm not sure if we can – if you either of us would argue that this team is for real this year, but you can certainly argue that, that they are going for it right now. I, my thing is I don't need uh, Stephon Gilmore to be my – I'm thinking like future-wise because I'm not sure if they're a championship team now. I think they have the pieces around them. I think if you add like a few more pieces to that offensive line, you have – we're talking about something because they do have DJ Moore. They do have Christian McCaffrey, so they're not empty on that offense. And so when I look at that defense, I don't need Stephon Gilmore to be this all-pro corner like he was in New England. I don't need him to be the defensive player of the year because I believe I could help J.C. Horn in that department if I can keep Stephon Gilmore around. If I can keep Stephon Gilmore around, I just need him to be like a solid number two corner. If I can get Stephon Gilmore to be my number two and I can have J.C. Horn be my all-pro number one, that is a solid and scary uh, cornerback group because they could just play man and not have an issue. Because that's what Stefan Gilmore did with New England anyhow. And that, and if J.C. Horn, who is a man corner, is a, allowed to be able to do that, yeah, God bless you. That's going to be a tough defense to pass against, and it's a tough defense to run against already. They have the potential to be a very good defense in the future, like an all-time great defense, if everybody stays healthy. Exactly. And it, and it, it seems that people have lost – 
they have lost this ideology, but defense is the key to winning championships in this league. Like if you can pair up a gr- a good offense with a great defense, then you're gonna win games when once once January comes around. And now that they have that, um, this is a team that's definite that's certain that can certainly be in the mix um, to make the postseason and go and go deep um, if they're able to put put it all together. I'm not sure if I'm sold on them just yet, but we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, we also have we do have a bonus fan box segment <coughs> for you guys. So I put out I put out a little breaking news edition to the Fumble Ruski fan box when we received the news that he was that Gilmore was going to be either traded or uh, sorry either traded or released. And obviously, to my luck, he ended up being signed within just a few hours, or sorry, traded within a few hours. But we'll go through it anyways, because we like hearing your opinions. But we're going to get right into that right now. And so leading off, so so CJ, who was on our show for a couple episodes, filling in for Justin, he got a, he hit the, he hit, I, I forgot the expression, but he yeah, hit on yeah. this. He hit on this perfectly. Carolina Panthers got it perfectly, mm-hmm. and this was before it even happened. Um, but yeah, he got that right. Patrick Willever, twenty-two. He said Jalen Smith gone. Gilmore incoming to the Cowboys. So we've been. He's been. So Patrick Willever has been responding to our fan box questions, just about all of them. And if you haven't figured it out yet, yeah, he's a he's a Cowboys fan. But I mean, that wouldn't have been a bad idea. It made sense, right? It makes sense, but they don't really need him the way Trayvon Diggs is playing right now. I mean, my goodness, he has six picks already. Well, that's what I'm saying. Teams. You put you put Gilmore opposite Trevon Diggs, and then you have you have a shutdown secondary right there. Yeah. Because right now, right now it's I mean, it's the scheme for picking apart Dallas's defense isn't too complicated. It's just throw wherever where, wherever Trevon Diggs isn't. And mm-hmm. I'm sure they don't have bums over there, but they, you know, Trevon Diggs is the the superstar of that of that secondary. And if you add Gilmore to that, then it's gonna be hard to throw where those two aren't. But again, isn't if they're not throwing towards him, they're probably just gonna double whoever they're not throwing wherever Trayvon Diggs isn't, and so they're the safety's just gonna rotate to that side, and it it won't be the easiest thing in the world to get completions. And if Trayvon Diggs is just locking down the other receiver, it makes it that much harder for the quarterback, and he'll have to just check it down to the running back, and that'll just give uh, Wolf Wolf Hunter and uh, Micah Parsons the cleanup duty. Basically, right. I mean, what you're saying makes sense. Just, I mean, when you when you have a possibility to get Gilmore, I mean, that makes things a lot that makes things a lot go a lot smoother for this defense. When you think that depends on how much Stephon Gilmore is willing to ask. I mean, how much he's how much he wants because he's still a free agent after this season. I right, but I'm talking about happening. for like this season. I think if for, he stays for this season. Mm-hmm. Then 
like I'm talking for like this year, like how the impact that he would make. I, I think the problem is I think he it's either you pay him or he might just sit and wait it out until next season. So you don't want to mess around too much. I think the Panthers got him with the intention of signing him for a longer term. And I think that's how everybody else saw it. If they're going to sign him, he wants a long-term deal with a lot of money. So you would have to deal with that. Yeah, so that that is something they would have to deal with. But if it takes a sixth-round pick to get him in there, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm doing that yesterday. Even though the trade already happened like weeks ago, but like a week ago. But, you know. Yeah. Uh, so Grayson Mortimer, Mortimer said Packers. So the I only agree. reason I look at this – the only reason I look at this and I say, well, I mean, there's no need for it is because they already have Jair Alexander. And they, this, the kid they took in the first round has been awesome for them. Eric Stokes, that guy's been good. Yeah. And they have a really good secondary now. So do the Cowboys. They have a good secondary. But I'm like, listen, the Packers still have Kevin King. That's all I got to say. Scotty Miller was playing around with him for far too long in that NFC Championship game. I'm not taking any chances. If I can get Stephon Gilmore on that secondary, I would have done it yesterday. Especially I know, but they have Eric Stokes. Pick. I think that was that was their point of picking up Eric Stokes was because of Kevin King. And I mean, sure, like if you can add, I mean, if you can add another, like the Carolina Panthers added him, and they seemed pretty set at corner. Uh huh. But it would have made sense, but I mean that's a that's a that's a Packers team that really doesn't need that really doesn't need a cornerback. But anyways, our former co-host B Mucker 730, otherwise known as Brian Mucker, said Jets, please. Um, no. Yeah. It, I mean, I'm sure he wants them, but. I don't think he. I don't. He wants. He wants everybody on the Jets. Yeah. But, but he also said he's. He had two different. <clears throat> he had, he had two different responses. He also said, it, but it wouldn't surprise me if he went to Tampa or the Rams. The Rams. And the only reason I see Tampa is because the injuries that are happening in Tampa. But I'm not sure Bill Belichick wants to help out the Buccaneers any more so than he has. Mm Mm-hmm. The Buccaneers, on paper, make sense. If you look at it from that, from like, take out the emotions, it makes sense. But the issue is Belichick's never going to let him go there. It's just not going to happen. He let Gronk go there. He's not about to let Gilmore go there. I'm sorry. Buddy. And the Rams, the Rams make sense too, because I mean, if they want to further just just iron that that defense, just make it more impenetrable. I mean, wow. You put how Jim crazy Randy that would be on one side and put Stephon Gilmore on the other. Jesus. All right, and up next, Sarah Finnamore. Said Bucks, and so that's another another vote for the Buccaneers. Again, that's another that's one that would have made sense on paper, but Not Belichick would have never done it. Um, 
going on. Uh, Jackson DePino, he said Washington. What do you think of Washington? Hmm. That's an interesting one. I'm not sure what to make of that football team, but I do like their defense. So I could see it. But again, I'm not sure that Bill would do it. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I haven't looked too much at the Washington football team this year. Mm-hmm. I know they have Kendall Fuller, who's good. Their sec- their defense overall has been pretty good. Another one that would have made – I mean, anything would have made sense. Any any destination would have made sense for Stephon Gilmore because he's – like adding, adding a former defensive player of the year is a good move. It makes sense for anybody. Yeah. Um – but anyways, we're going to go on, move on. Uh, we have a, there are still several teams that continue to surprise us in how much they are playing, pat, um, uh, exceeding expectations really. But <clears throat> we're going to talk about that next. We're going to have another buy sell segment. <clears throat> That's next. You're listening to the Fumble Ruski podcast. Welcome back. You're listening to the Fumble Ruski podcast. I'm Adam Wright along with Justin Tucker. So we have been going on a little bit talking about week five. We talked about Stephon Gilmore. We talked about the Ravens. So now we have a bunch of teams. I mean, we, we really like this buy-sell segment. We haven't, been, we haven't wanted to get rid of it just yet. But anyways, we have several different teams we're going into. And that just continued to surprise us surprises so we think why not um but first off we're going to start off with the dallas cowboys who continue to play like they're a contender justin buy or sell on the dallas cowboys Uh, i'm buying i'm buying i didn't think i'd buy into them but they're looking pretty doggone good right now oh my god I'm buying for them right now. Once it is December, uh, it, it's a coin flip. But right now, they're looking very good. That defense is looking stacked to the point where they could sell players like Jalen Smith, just straight release them and have no problem with it. Um, Michael Parsons has turned out to be a flat-out stud. Dak Prescott is playing like an MVP. Ezekiel Elliott is returning to his 2016 form. That old line is starting to pick up where it left off um, or starting to get better. That receiving core is unbelievable. I mean, the Cowboys might be one of the most complete teams in the league right now, and they might be a top five team in the NFL. Now, that doesn't take away from the fact that Cowboys will do Cowboys things in late November, December, but as of right now, I do buy them. I think they're contenders and very dangerous ones at that. So before the season started, I, I, we were talking about the Cowboys. I said this. I said... If the Cowboys' defense improves, you know, if they just turn it around to some degree, they'll be a playoff team. They're mm-hmm. not only a playoff team, they may, they might very well be a Super Bowl contender. Uh, let's not now, say I'm, that. You don't think so? Not yet. The Cowboys are allergic to prosperity. We're not there yet. I, I think we're getting pretty close. I'm buying in on this team. They're going to be in the mix this year, and I think they'll make the postseason. 
and they'll go they'll go a couple a couple rounds in the playoffs. We'll see how far they go, but that's a team that I really season. like. They're making the postseason. All right, the Cincinnati Bengals. Buy or sell? I think I think I'm actually might take a flyer on the Cincinnati Bengals. Jamar Chase is playing like he should, like the first round rookie he is, or the stud that he is. He was a top five pick, so I expected him to be good. Preseason didn't give me much hope. I thought he would play better in the regular season, but he's showing to me. Yes, he's playing better than even I expected. He's on pace to have a better season than 2014 Odell Beckham and to be on the same type of pace as 1998 Randy Moss. That's ridiculous. He's In five weeks, he's had five touchdowns. That is amazing. There's something yeah. about those LSU wide receivers, am I right? Yeah, there's something in the water in Louisiana. There's something about those LSU wide receivers. It, whether it's Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Landry, Odell Beckham, they all managed to do well in the league. I like the way Joey Burrow is playing. Joe Mixon is a top five rusher in the league. That defense is serviceable. And, yeah, I think they'll be close. I think they're either a fringe playoff team or a playoff team or a, like a wild card playoff team. Yeah. So the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm buying in on them. The Bengals are a team that has a great passing attack, as I told you. I mean, that offensive line, he's still getting sacked and knocked around a little bit, but it didn't it's it just hasn't made that much of a difference because he doesn't need that much time to throw it because there's gonna be somebody open. Whether it's Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. There's that tight end who started to show out. I'm forgetting his name. His first name's CJ. CJ Uz. I know who you're talking um, about. I can't pronounce his name either. I can't. Azuma well, or something like that. But he's he's started to show out. He can still throw it to the running back, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's been having himself a year as well. The defense is serviceable. That's a team that I'm buying in on. They may not be. They may or may not be a contender. But they're they're sure as hell a, a team in, that's go, headed in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, we talked about them a little bit earlier on in the show. But how about the Cal- Carolina Panthers? I think I, I think I'm buying them. I think, however, I wasn't buying them as an all-time great defense yet. I think the pickup of Stephon Gilmore helps their chances, either later this year or maybe next year. But Again, that performance against the Cowboys uh, makes me want to take a step back from the Carolina Panthers. They are 4-1 and one after the late one against the Eagles, but again, I thought they should have dominated the Eagles, and they didn't do that. They barely scraped out with a victory. So, I'm not... They didn't. Completely... They lost to the Eagles. They lost? Yeah. I thought they won. The I thought it was 21-18. Yeah, Eagles. Oh, then, yeah, I can't buy them right now. I can't do it. See, they're a team that looks solid, but they're just not good enough so that I could say, this is a team I could buy into. I'm not ready for that. I was getting I was getting to that point early on in the year, 
earlier on in the year in past weeks. But the Carolina Panthers, I like Sam Darnold. I don't love Sam Darnold. I like the, I actually kind of like, I really like their wide receivers. I like their defense, but nothing is really great there. Um, I'm going to go, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go sell on this team. But anyways, how about the L.A. Chargers? Oh, I'm buying. Uh, Justin Herbert has arrived, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I thought he'd go through a little bit of a sophomore slump, but what is that's an amazing slump he's going through. Am I right? Uh, he just outplayed the Bron- uh, the Browns a Sunday afternoon. Uh, the only he looks like an MVP is, candidate. Yeah, he is. The only thing is he struggled against the Cowboys, which makes me think, oh boy, the Cowboys are for real. Other than that, um, they've looked pretty impressive, and Mike Williams has arrived. Yeah. Yeah. And Keenan Allen looks like Keenan Allen. Mike Williams is finally playing up to his potential. He's a little bit of a boomer bust guy. He's the type who will either get you will either get you like a hundred something yards or he'll just get you like twenty yards in one game. Mm-hmm. They're running their running back Austin Eckler's having a nice year. That offensive line looks phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And the defense is playing better as well. It, yep. It's finally more healthy. Darryl so I'm going to go. Yeah. They're about, that's a, that's a buy-in team and a possible contender for this year. If they continue to put up good numbers. All right. Moving on the Vegas Raiders. I got to sell them now. I got to sell them. They just lost their head coach. I can't even, they're three and two now after the three and zero start, they're zero and two. And they just lost their head coach. So they're going to be on a, on a downward slope unless they can figure it out soon. I, I can't buy them right now. I thought, all right, they're going up against Chicago. This should be a win for them. But they didn't win. So I was like, hmm. I, it's, I was buying them, but now I'm starting to, like, I need to sell them. I need to sell them. Yeah, you need <coughs> you need to sell on the Vegas Raiders. This is a team that in two straight seasons has looked great in the beginning of the year and then just tanks. And it looks like this is just the beginning of a downward spiral for them. They, you know, I used to really like Josh Jacobs. I don't anymore. I think he, he gets hurt all the time. He's not a complete back. He can't catch the ball as as well. His his running skills are all right, um, but just all around, he's just not he's not as good as I thought he was. That offensive line has lost a lot from last offseason. They've lost three of I believe three of their five starters from last year, and on top of that, Derek Carr after the first three games of the year where he looked great, he he is absolutely tanked, man. He does not look that good. And on top of that, this whole thing going on with their head coach, it was just, oh, boy. What a distraction. That was was the nails in the coffin right there. Another distraction. Their leader going down with this. It's just so stupid. But not not a team that we like. But so so speak. Yeah. Speaking of the Vegas Raiders. Um, their head coach, John Gruden, has gotten into this this 
crazy controversy of these emails that he swathed back and forth with some people that have been leaked and now he's resigned so we'll go into that a little bit next you were listening to the fumble ruski podcast you are listening to the fumble ruski podcast i'm adam wright along with justin tucker uh so we are going to talk a little bit <coughs> about how the vegas raiders just lost their head coach john gruden resigned due to a controversy that that surrounded him and all these emails that uh have been leaked a lot of the stuff that he said are well were interpreted as racist there were some misogynistic things that he said there were all these different things that he's done that he's sent and it's it's costed him his job but uh justin do you have any other thoughts on this it's cost him his legacy he's out of there he's out of the tampa bay ring of honor He's out as a head coaching job. He's lost his reputation. I mean, it's over for him. His career, his future, his career, his money is done. I mean, congrats. All the money he has now, that's about it. He's never going to get another head coaching job. He'll never get another job as a broadcaster. He'll never get any more achievements because of this. This is a career-ending thing. So, so this is... an unfortunate that this still goes on in the league but it is what it is and he had to go see you bye john gruden (coughs) yeah see what he said the initial thing that came out was about uh what's his name demaurice 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 what is it demora smith he said that his lips are huge now, whether or not you want to interpret that as ra- as racist is up to you. Mm-hmm. But when you take in all the other things that he said, you there, you can't give him the benefit of the doubt at that point. Nope. It's just – it's so stu- – you have to keep – you just – this is the issue with saying stupid things like this. It's going to cost you your job. And in this, this situation – in this situation, his life. I mean he's never going to get a broadcasting job anywhere anymore. He's not going to get an, get a job as an analyst. His career in football is over. He may not get a job anywhere. I mean, his life is just over. I hope – I mean, he should hope – he better hope he made enough money during his tenure in football to be able to live on his own for the rest of his life because that's what he's going to end up doing. He's just going to be living like this where he's unemployed for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. It's, un- it's unfortunate. But anyways, it had to be done. Um, yeah, basically. Anyways, so we're going to move on. The Bills, the Buffalo Bills, just beat up the Kansas City Chiefs, and there's a possible discussion that they're the new team to beat in the NFL. We're going to talk a a little bit more about that next. Stay tuned. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio. I'm Adam Wright along with Justin Tucker. We are talking about some Week 5 action. And probably the biggest shocker that happened, one of the biggest shockers, I mean, there was a lot of things that happened, but the Bills absolutely obliterated the Chiefs. 
I believe, by a final score. What was it? 31 to – or what was it, 40? I think it was Let me check that there, but it was <coughs> – 30, yeah, 38 to 20. Yep. So Patrick Mahomes threw two picks in that game. Josh Allen straight up outplayed the other quarterback and Patrick Mahomes. So, Justin, do you see the Bills as this new team to beat? No, I'm not afraid of them. Uh if the Steelers are giving them problems on opening day and they lost the Steelers on opening day at Buffalo, I mean, I don't really see them as like the team to beat. I see Tampa Bay as a team to beat. I see the Cowboys a team to beat. I see the Bills as a team to beat. I see the Chargers as a team to beat. I don't see them as like the team to beat. That's how I see the league. I don't see any, like a team that's invincible right now, aside from maybe the Buccaneers. But they just lost to the Rams, and the Rams just lost not too long ago. So I don't really see an invincible team. Even the Cardinals, who are undefeated, almost lost to the 49ers, who are banged up at quarterback. So it's as far as the team to beat, I like what they did against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas, I don't know what's going on with the Kansas City Chiefs. That's three straight, and no, that's they lost two straight, and then they beat the Eagles, and then they just lost. They lost three of the last four, and all three of them are against playoff caliber teams. So it's like, all right, they're not losing against Scrubs, but again, some of those games you would think they would win. <coughs> and so it just begs the question what's going on with Kansas City? So I blame this more on Kansas City than, uh, I would with the Bills. I think the Chiefs secondary is not what it should be right now. That's all. So I certainly see this team as probably the best team in the AFC. I mean, <laughs> I had them as my AFC pick. <laughs> no, yeah. No. I had them as my AFC pick nah. during the preseason to – to represent in the to represent for the Super Bowl, but mm-hmm. as the team to beat, I don't think so. I still have the Buccaneers. I think that team's winning the Super Bowl. And there's other teams that are rising up in the NFC alone who could possibly be uh, as good or maybe better than Buffalo. But what about the AFC, what? The AFC? Yes. I think the Chargers could be could be close. The Chargers, the Ravens, I could stop the Ravens. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't see the Ravens yet. I don't. I I beg your pardon. I I don't think the Ravens are there yet. I think they are. If you can okay. tell me the Chargers are there right now, if you're telling me the Chargers are there, I'm taking the Ravens. And that's not even trying to be disrespectful, but I I see it. I didn't say I took the Chargers. I think the Chargers are close. I don't understand how you can just clear-cut say, like, the Bills are the best team in the AFC. They lost to the Steelers, and the Steelers' offense is tragic. Well, it was that was one loss. Again. They've been, they've been the killing it ever since. And so have the Ravens. The Ravens have been on a tear since they lost. And that was a – they barely lost in the first place. But, the, all right, the Ravens – the Ravens 
are winning every team, every game, just barely. It takes okay. it takes all these crazy things that it's like these absolute thrill. Like I was, like I said earlier, they're winning these games just. They're barely eking out these victories. The Bills, they're winning it in promising fashion and absolutely killing everybody in their path. They're just taking the top off of these defenses and just destroying them. So I think I see the Bills as the best team in the AFC. But so who do you think? So who do you see as your team to beat, if if not in the league? Like, that's my issue. I think it's the team to beat. I think it's the Super Bowl champions, the Buccaneers, as, like, the clear team to beat because they look pretty promising right now with Tom Brady under the helm and with Antonio Brown looking like a stud with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. That defense is looking good. So if there's, like, a team to beat, I think of them. I agree. about the AFC, I think it's a coin flip. I really do. I think it's closer than people realize. Like, the AFC is a tough conference. You can think that if you want, but I, I agree. I think the Buccaneers. I think the I think Buccaneers, the Buccaneers are, the are the team to beat in the NFL. I just don't see like the Bills being like this high and mighty team. All right. So we gave our team our picks for the teams to beat in the NFL. So how about yours? So we will be moving on to the Fumbleruski fan box. Coming up next, we want to hear from you guys. This is the Fumbleruski podcast welcome back you're listening to the fumble Ruski fu- the fumble Ruski podcast we are on to the fumble Ruski fan box so every week we will post a question box every monday and you can respond with hot takes questions and more and we will discuss it and give you a shout out on our podcast so the question of the week is who is the team to beat in the NFL? All right. So this, so CJ led off, and he responded by saying, "Cardinals by default, they're undefeated." Yeah, no. Yeah, no. I just don't think the Cardinals are. They may their record may show they're five and zero, but I just think there's better teams in the league. And if you look at that team, that, and if you look at that team, just, just you break it down. There, everything is. It's not like anything's bad. Kyler Murray's a, a stud. They have DeAndre Hopkins, but they just have. There's teams with better talent uh, at wide receiver. There's teams with better defenses, better all-around talent. They don't even have their best. Their best running back right now is Chase Edmonds. Mm-hmm. That's not a team I take that ser- I take seriously to the point where we're saying that they're that they are the best team in the entire NFL. I don't think so. Okay. But not, it's, they I'm, seem to be the they do seem to be the popular pick, aren't they? I'm not I'm not saying that they're they're as bad as what Adam is portraying them to be, but I have other teams ahead of them right now after what they did against the 49ers. I didn't say they were bad. I just think they're just not they're they're not as good as other teams out there. I mean, the, I they're not better than the Cowboys. Core, and it's not a bad wide receiver core. It's like a top five wide receiver core. You 
Top what? Top five wide receiver core. Because I'd take the Cowboys, and then I'd take the Buccaneers, and then with what we'd have to look a bit. We'd have to look a bit deeper than that, but I there's a lot of receiving cores I would take over over the Cardinals right now. We'll talk about that later. We can talk about that. Uh, Grayson Mortimer said the Bills. So that's another popular pick that we discussed. But anyways, Patrick Wolliver said Bills and AFC and Cowboys and NFC. So here we go. Patrick Wolliver. Again with the Cowboys pick. Get off that the Cowboys stuff with the Bucks. The Cow the Cowboys are getting good. I will I will say that. They're better but than the last Bill, year. Bills yeah. seem to be. They they're better than they have been in a long time. To be honest. Um Brian Mucker, our old po- our old co host, said Bills and Cardinals. So right out of the gates, a lot of Bills picks, a lot of Cardinals picks. Yeah. And you understand, we can understand why they're the popular picks. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, speaking of Bills and Cardinals, Anthony Gill said, have to go with Cardinals, but Bills on the come up. So like I said, a lot of Cardinals and Bills. Cash, Dura- Cash Durasin said Rams. This is a team I really like this year. I think they're going to make the conference championship. I'm interested in the Rams. <clears throat> I think Stafford has shown out. I think that defense is for real. That offensive line is still good. They still have Sean McVay. That's just a team all around. I, I like the team. I like it. All right. Uh, Sarah Finnamore said Pats. Respectfully. Hell no. Yeah. I, I'm going to – I wish. I wish. The Pats have had a rough go at it this year. And honestly, even if with the amount of talent they have on this team, with a rookie quarterback, even if everything did go right, I still don't think I would see this team as a, a legitimate, like, elite team unless Mac Jones, like, lit it up, which is hard to do as a rookie. But all right, Bryant Johnson said Bills. So another Bills pick. Uh, Mal the golf gal said Buccaneers. So that's my pick, and that's Justin's pick as well. Mm-hmm. That team, this team is going to be hard to top coming uh, going into the postseason. It's my Super Bowl. That's my Super Bowl pick, and honestly, I don't see any anybody beating them. It's possible, but the Buccaneers have the best shot at winning the winning the Super Bowl. Uh, John Warren, he said, "You're tripping if it ain't the hashtag Bills Mafia." So there's a lot of hype for the Bills going around, huh? Yeah, yes, there is, and it's ridiculous. I I don't think it's ridiculous. I think they're for real. Well, <laughs> <clears throat> Anyways, Calden99, otherwise known as, known as Cam Alden, who we have had on our show, said America's team. Well, he needs to be more specific to that because if he's saying the Cowboys. He no. said it with a star emoji, so I, it must be the Cowboys. 
But I'm telling you, that Cowboys team's legit. They may not I, – I disagree whether or not they're the, the team to beat, but they're certainly a team that's formidable at this point. And they're beating everybody ever since they lost to only the Buccaneers and barely lost, by the way. Well, Cowboys Anyways, Cowboys things. We'll see. We'll see. Anyways, do you have any other thoughts before we end the show? Uh, the Red Sox are still in the postseason. Yes, sir. Congrats to them. We'll see if, we'll see if they can keep going. I'm if pleasantly if they actually make it to the pennant, do you count this as a as a good season? I count this as a good season now. That they went to the AL, they're going to the ALCS. But I still want them to win the championship. I mean, I don't, I don't like moral victories. Man, you wanted them to miss the playoffs altogether. I did when when they things started going downhill, and I was pissed off at 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 the front office who refused to take responsibility, saying, "Oh, this team is." Just not that good. We're not the we're not a hundred win team. It was meant for it was meant for us to only win eighty eight games. That team was on pace for a hundred wins. But anyways, this isn't a baseball show. This is a football show. But all right. So that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check us out on Spotify, Spreaker, and Google Podcast. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Over and out. Bye.